It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Vikings. Your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Was coming, and Rodgers a perfect throw and simply dropped by Martellus Bennett. It would have been a first down, and Rodgers is hurt. He took a big hit at the end of that play just as he got it out, and it looked like he might have landed on that right shoulder. Their entire philosophy changed with the injury to Rodgers. Intercepted on a tip ball. Beautifully designed screen, and McKinnon to the end zone. McKinnon. We'll get into the end zone, a touchdown. What a catch that was. Now you see a play like that, that's what they want to see out of him. He makes a heck of a catch on this, and how about Case Keenum? Look at that grab. Third down and two. And a one-handed interception by Harrison Smith. Great team win. We got a good football team here. We got a bunch of fighters. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network, episode 290, and it's a victory Monday in Minneapolis. My name's Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, and if you do, leave your Twitter handle in that review, and you can win a subscription to Pro Football Focused, almost a $40 value. The co-host is Sage Rosenfels. He was in the building yesterday and he was in the post-game press conference asking all of the tough questions. He's on Twitter, at SageRosenfels18. Good morning, my man. Good morning. Victory Monday is always nice to, to talk about. So, uh, nice win yesterday by the Vikings, and and uh, obviously very, mu- very much helped by the, uh, the early exit of Aaron Rodgers. Very much so. Six minutes, 57 seconds to go in the first quarter. I'm not saying that's the time of death for the Packers season, but they are certainly at a crossroads now with uh, Brett Hundley, their quarterback. If you missed it, and I don't know how you would have, but Anthony Barr hit Aaron Rodgers after he threw probably a legal hit. I think it was clean, was not helmet to helmet. He didn't uh, spear him or target him, wrapped him up. He fell on the right shoulder, went to the medical tent, got carted off, and the diagnosis came very very quickly. It's deja vu for the Green Bay Packers, Sage, because they had a broken collarbone to Rodgers in 2013, and it did not go well. Their backup quarterbacks went 2-5-1. and one. Do you think that Brett Hundley is equipped, maybe with a week of full preparation, getting first-team reps? It, did you see enough yesterday to think that Hundley can do some things for this team and lead them to some wins? 
I do. I, I I thought he played, you know, decently well yesterday. Obviously, you look back and he throws three interceptions. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think he played okay. It's hard to come in against that defense, the Vikings defense, and play. And, you know, he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. That's just the way it's going to be. So I think he can come in and do a pretty good job. This is a really a big, you know, sort of moment in his career. You know, he's a couple years into the league now. Uh, he's, he's watched Aaron Rodgers. He's watched this offense do their thing. He has really emulated all of Aaron Rodgers' uh, uh, you know, footwork and, and his mechanics, and he even sort of throws like him. You can tell even his mannerisms. I mean, he really uh, tries to, you can, you can tell, play like him in practice. And so I think he'll do a lot of good things, but the issue is, and we've talked about it multiple times on this show, uh, I'm not a big believer in the rest of this Green Bay Packers offense. I think it's a very average uh, well, just the Green Bay Packers team, I should say. It's a very average team. If you took the quarterbacks off both these teams, the Vikings and the Packers, the Vikings have a much better football team. Rick Spielman and Scott Studwell, they have done a much better job putting this team together uh, over Ted Thompson over in Green Bay. But Aaron Rodgers uh, you know, was the difference maker. Now he's not there. And uh, I think Hunley will do fine, but he's not playing on a great football team. So uh, this is a huge opportunity for him. Obviously, he'll be a free agent. Is this the third year? I feel like this is the third year of his uh, career. So, you know, in the next year or so, he'll be a free agent. So this is a huge opportunity if he wants to try to, you know, compete for me, a starting job somewhere else at some point. I believe this is the third year of Hundley. I think 2015, fifth-round pick, played a little bit in cleanup duty in 2016, and now he is thrown to the Wolves. What I wrote yesterday was that, there's been a lot of quarterback attrition in the NFC North. You've got, obviously, Mike Glennon struggling. They replace him with a rookie, and that's kind of where the Bears are at. They're trying to develop a young QB. Uh, the Vikings lose a quarterback, and they have a well-equipped veteran behind him in Case Keenum, who's basically got three wins under his belt now. The Vikings are a first-place team, and people are developing a trust factor with Keenum, you're hearing less and less clamoring for Bradford to come back, less and less clamoring for Bridgewater to come back, and he's eligible today. The Vikings seem to have handled the adversity better than the other teams in their division who have had other quarterback woes. They have. They've done a really nice job, and I think, you know, obviously they had to go out last year and do something when Teddy went down. That was sort of a shocking incident, and they had they gave up a lot for Sam Bradford. And then they, they smartly went out and got Case Keenum this year in case Bradford went down uh, or just to have another good quarterback on the roster. You really can't have too many good quarterbacks uh, on your roster in today's NFL world, in particular when quarterbacks seem to be going down a lot. And, and you know, Bradford's been hurt a lot in his career. Uh, so going out and getting Case Keenum was a huge, you know, smart move in the offseason. I, I looked up, you know, he was 4-5 and five last year as the starter for the L.A. Rams, which were a bad football team. And, and after he went to the bench and Jared Goff, the rookie, came in and played, Goff was terrible. Uh, so, you know, that offense was, was bad last year as well, out, out with the Rams just in general. Uh, and uh, so he did a lot of good things to basically win half of his games uh, on a not very good football team. And, uh, you know, the coach got fired. Uh, he, you know, it's nice to get a backup who just had nine games of starting experience the year before. So, you know, this is not some guy who uh, is either young. It's not some guy who, you know, is a career backup that hasn't played in a while. This guy played a lot of football last year, uh, and you can tell that experience is really paying off. And, uh, and he looks very, very comfortable out there. 
Yeah, it's amazing to think that just a few months ago, we all thought Taylor Heineke might be in this role. And now people are saying Case Keenum was the most valuable quarterback free agent of last offseason. So it's unbelievable how things change. And now in this division, things have changed with the Vikings sort of taking the upper hand over the Green Bay Packers. They have the tiebreaker over them, so they're in first place officially. Let's talk about the actual game The Vikings jump out early as they should have against the depleted Packers defense. And for a while there, Sage, and I would have been frustrated if I were a Vikings player after that first half to only be up four, having driven the field a couple times and turned it over, giving up 10 points off turnovers to Green Bay. McKinnon fumbles, picked up by Clay Matthews. He rumbles for like 80 yards. That felt like a game that Green Bay could have stolen going into the second half. Uh, I got to give the Vikings credit for really putting the lock on them after halftime because that could have gone the wrong way. It could have. And, you know, the Vikings sort of left that door open in the first half, uh, but they played very good football in the second half. You know, the thing I like about Keenum is that he he sort of has enough guts to go out there and and try to make big plays. You know, he's he's a bit of a gunslinger. And and with that, occasionally gunslingers, they have too many turnovers. That's just sort of the – uh, the double-edged sword that, that occurs when you have quarterbacks that are like that. We see it all throughout the league, and, and he got too aggressive on that slam throw. Uh, he didn't see that linebacker. You, you could tell by when he caught that ball off the snap, he sort of looks to his left, tries to move that inside linebacker, and then just sort of throws a blind to the slant that looked like it might have been open, but the linebacker wasn't biting. He played discipline. He got a piece of that uh, that slant pass, and, and it was intercepted. So, you know, a, a game like that, if you can stay away from turnovers, you probably win that that game by, uh, you know, three touchdowns or something because uh, the Packers offense, uh, you know, said it's, it's a very different team once Aaron Rodgers was gone. Uh, but it was a good overall game. Uh, I, I like Case Keenum as their, you know, quarterback going forward. We, we don't know what the situation is going to be. I, he, he alluded to that in his press conference last night that uh, he's not really worried about what the quarterback situation is going to be because, as we see this morning, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, this has been six games, uh, looks like he's got a clean bill of health. Uh, according to his tweet that just says thank you uh, this morning, that uh, you know he might be into this mix of, of quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings sooner rather than later. You mentioned the Packers offense, and I have a couple numbers there. So the Vikings went to a prevent defense the last two Packers series. Prior to that, Green Bay had six first downs and 128 yards for the game. Now, they will face more forgiving defenses than the Vikings along the way. The Vikings picked them off three times. They sacked Hundley four times. But the greater concern for Green Bay besides the loss is how are they going to to shape this offense now uh, in a way that Hundley can manage it? And obviously, that's yet to be seen. Green Bay, I'm sure, has a bye coming up where there's a lot of studying that Hundley will be doing. The Vikings have Baltimore next week, uh, again at home, so another winnable game for Minnesota. Sage, I want to get your opinion on the one-handed catches. There were two of them, Treadwell yeah. and Harrison Smith. Which one was more impressive? They were both ridiculous. I think Treadwell, well, well, Treadwell was truly a one-handed grab. I mean, and that it wasn't like he caught it clean. It was like a tiny little tip and then snag uh, to himself. That was an incredible catch. Uh, of course, the, the the only bad part about that one was he mistimed it, you know. So he jumped early. He was basically back down on his feet when he stuck stuck his paw up and, and snagged that ball. Uh, but it was an unbelievable catch. And, and and Harrison Smith, I tell you, I I don't know 
if it's been a while since, you know, playing safety, you have to do a lot of things. You have to be a guy who can cover. You have to be a guy who can tackle. Uh, but most importantly, you have to be somebody who's instinctual. Uh, and instincts, I always believe, come from smarts. And Harrison Smith is a very smart football player, which then sort of allows him the flexibility to sort of know where he can be, know where he should be. Uh, he can read routes really well. He has an idea of where, where quarterbacks want to go with the football uh, based off of certain looks, formations, plays. And, and, and on that play, he was, you know, where he was where he was supposed to be, but he also just sort of had an idea of where Hundley wanted to go with the football. And that was a, a fantastic catch to tip the ball and then catch it yourself. He, he's an incredible athlete. Uh, and hopefully he stays healthy for a long time because he, to, to, to get far in the NFL, you have to have at least one uh, you know, all-pro or, or pro-bowl you know, type safety. That's just sort of the way it is. And, and he is that player for the Vikings, and, and that, he, he sort of runs that whole back end. He does a fantastic job. And he's also a good tackler. He's good inside the box. He's a good blitzer. He does a lot of things for this, for this defense, for this football team. Yeah, in fast motion, I would give the the edge to Harrison because it was on the dive. He's a defensive back, and usually they don't use their hands as much. It was just a great contorting act trying to get his body around that football. But then I saw the slow-mo of Laquan Treadwell's catch, and it was it was more like a pinch with his thumb and his index finger sort of just, just gripping the ball as it flew by, and then he dragged it with his two fingers back into his grasp. That kind of swung my opinion over to Treadwell. Good for him, because that that was the most active game that I've seen Laquan Treadwell play, that anyone's seen Laquan Treadwell play. Had three catches, 51 yards. Um, he chased down Clay Matthews for probably a touchdown-saving strip, oh, yeah. strip of the football. Was it was a big play. It was a big play. I want to say Green Bay scored anyway, but it was uh, still a good momentum play for the Vikings. And then he had that block in the second half. He got flagged for it, and there's some question as to whether it was a flag. Was it helmet-to-helmet? Was it a peel-back block? No one really understood. Mike Zimmer said he thought it was a helmet-to-helmet, but... Uh, it's that kind of tenacity that you like to see from Treadwell, and that might have been, who knows, a catalyst to get the Vikings pumped up in the second half. Well, we really hope, and, and the Vikings could use another receiver. Obviously, Stephon Diggs not playing in that football game. You know, he is the playmaker. But one thing they don't have is a big receiver, a big-bodied receiver who can, you know, when it's when it's man-to-man, it's 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 a uh, single high safety. You got you know, two an island on the outside. You know, Diggs is a smaller guy. Really, Thielen's, Thielen's not a big guy, uh, but Treadwell sort of could be that player. You, know, you just, you know, when it's hey, when it's one on one, I'm gonna go. We're gonna win that matchup, and there's gonna be a lot of 50-50 balls that we're gonna get 75% of the time. Uh, he needs to be that type of player. It's time for him to, you know, step into his role as a former first-round pick to really start uh, producing for this football team. And uh, yesterday, hopefully, was a start. Uh, we shall see. Sometimes you just need confidence. Uh, you certainly need to get that pressure off, and and uh, uh, you know, and maybe he feels all that. Uh, obviously, he knows that he has, uh, you know, has not lived up to a, you know a first round talent expectations. And hopefully, yesterday was the beginning of some some bright future for Laquan Treadwell as a Minnesota Viking. Yeah, yesterday was a day of backups filling in admirably. You had Treadwell, as we've alluded to kind of stepping in and filling the need for a receiver with Stephon Diggs out. Michael Floyd also hurt his calf in the second half, so he missed the third and fourth quarters. Then you had Anthony Harris stepping in for Andrew Sandejo, and Mike Zimmer said that 
I didn't notice him, so he must have done okay. And that's kind of the way I felt about it, too. We really didn't think much about Anthony Harris, which meant he was probably doing a good job. And then you had Anthony Barr leave with a concussion in the second half, and Emmanuel Lemur stepped in. Eric Kendricks told me after the game that the chemistry between them was great. He stepped in, he did what he needed to do, and he made a play right away after he came in. So the Vikings, I think, showed their depth yesterday, and they've been showing their depth all season, whether it's the quarterback stepping in for Sam Bradford, whether it's the running backs carrying the load without Dalvin Cook. This Vikings team, you know, as cliche as it is, they seem to have that next man up mentality, and uh, they're really putting it to good use. Well, and they've got the next man up who are good players. Again, you know, going back to the Ted Thompson, Rick Spielman conversation, you know, Rick gets a lot of crap from a lot of Vikings fans. Shoot, every GM in the NFL does. But we, we are seeing that uh, when injuries happen, there are usually pretty good players behind them. This team does have a lot of depth. Uh, he's done a really, you know, that's, 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 I said, that's, that's Rick, that's Scott Studwell, that's George Payton, that's all the scouts, that's, you know, college scouts, drafting guys in the late rounds that, you know, maybe they're good specialties players now, but, you know, they're developing linebackers and safeties that end up now are, you know, filling in in these injury spots and other teams uh, like the Green Bay Packers don't seem to have that type of depth, depth when their players, when their starters go down. Yo, everybody get up, everybody get up. Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep and she don't know where to find them. Yo, Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. All right, other stories from around the league. What stood out to you yesterday, Sage? I know you'll be writing about it at thescore.com as you do every Monday. You got vintage Adrian Peterson with the Cardinals. You've got the Broncos losing a bad game against the depleted Giants. Uh, The Bears winning overtime. What stood out to you yesterday? Well, a lot of things, and one of those was injuries. If you look at these big-time NFL injuries that have occurred over the course of the last few weeks, uh, Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, um, Odell Beckham, uh, Julian Edelman, uh, there's there's another one or two out there. All of these occurred on field turf, on this uh, artificial turf. So that that's something that I you know wanted to say today. I, I tweeted about it this morning. Probably won't write about that. Uh, but that is something that I'm telling you, a lot, there's a lot of knee and ankle injuries uh, that occur because of the, the field turf. There's just no give uh, where grass will, you know, if you make a cut that's just too violent for a knee, the grass will give up. But the field turf, you know, your, your foot gets stuck in the ground. Um, and what else am I going to talk about today? There's usually there's four or five things that, uh, that I'll get into. I did not have a chance to watch that Giants-Broncos uh, uh, game last night. Uh, but I watched a ton of football uh, yesterday. So, the, you know, it's another great week of NFL games. The Saints game was insane, you know, you know, 50 to 40 or whatever that ended up scoring <laughs> up being, uh, which was like the non-surprise of the week that there would be 90 you know, points uh, scored in, in that football game with Stafford. And, uh, and, and Drew Brees going head-to-head, it seems like that's, that's always the way it goes. And so a lot of really good football games yesterday, some tight football games. Obviously, the NFC North, the the uh, the Green Bay or the the Chicago Bears, got a nice win. Trubisky got his first win yesterday in overtime with the Ravens, who are a pretty good football team. So uh, the the parity is is ridiculous in the league right now. You know, some bad. You know, the the the, the Giants are a terrible football team, uh, yet they you know won last night. 
um, at, uh, um, at Denver, which everyone was assuming was a possible playoff team coming out of the AFC West. So uh, another interesting week, and I'm sure there'll be plenty to write about going into uh, my, for my article for tomorrow. Yeah, it's hard to believe that the Vikings are one game away from having the best record in the NFL. Only the Eagles and Chiefs are 5-1, and one, and we like the Chiefs. But I think that there's still a lot of contenders that might be vying for that number one power ranking spot. And Kansas City showed that maybe they're not perfect yesterday. They lost their first game against the Steelers. The Steelers just continue to bounce back when people count them out. Just a bunch of three and three and four and two teams and even some two and four teams we didn't expect. Yeah, it's an interesting league and it makes it fun when you can't look at it at this point and just say, okay, it's going to be the Patriots in the Super Bowl. At least there is some question week to week who's going to emerge, and that probably what makes this league the most fun is when there is parity and there's competitive balance, and you can have an upset like you had last night, the Giants with no receivers basically running all over the Denver Broncos. That, that That's a fun balance in the league. Yeah, in the NFL, if you're one of these survivor pools, uh, I can imagine how you could, you know, still be alive. I mean, last night would have been the perfect example. You know, the Giants and the Broncos. You just would not imagine the Giants going 0-5, just looking terrible uh, for the most part of five weeks, going into Denver, who'd look pretty dang good, uh, and, and really winning that football game handily. So, survivor pools are are uh, hard to win uh, this year, hard to stay alive uh, in them. So it's, it's a great week. Uh, as the last about three or four weeks, the first two weeks are being very slow, uh, and then the last four weeks uh, all of a sudden has been just uh, some really competitive, really fun football. All right, last one, Sage. How did it feel to be uh, an ink-stained wretch yesterday going in with the writers and uh, asking, <laughs> asking the tough questions of Case Keenum? Well, that was a different experience, obviously. Uh, I, I watched the majority of the game from the press box uh, amongst all the writers. Um, sat next to Josina Anderson uh, for much of the game and then sat next to Tom West, who's the, one of the Vikings PR uh, directors for probably the mo- a lot of the second half. And so that was, uh, that, that was a, just a, a different experience. Hadn't really done that too much before than going to the locker room after the game. But the thing is, I, I still knew a couple of guys. You know, Joe Berger, I, I've, known, I've known Joe Berger. Uh, since 2005 with Nick Saban uh, down in Miami. Uh, as he was an undrafted kid that we'd signed that he'd gotten cut from somewhere else. And so uh, it was nice to see a couple guys in the locker room that I knew. I had I did have a chance to talk to Case Keenum uh, after uh, he was at his press conference. We talked for five or ten minutes about Kubiak, and he was at the University of Houston when I was playing for the Houston Texans. And so uh, we never really chatted before, but we sort of, you know, we, we could talk the same lingo. And so I'm, I'm excited for him. I, I hope he, uh, you know, I obviously hope Teddy's healthy, but I like the way Case Keem is playing. Of course, as a guy like myself, I like rooting for those backup quarterbacks. And so, yeah, it's always a little different being in those press conferences. Uh, they're, they're, they're not that exciting. And, and, no, uh, they're but, not. Especially Mike Zimmer's man, he doesn't give much information uh, in there. So that was good Zimmer uh, yesterday. That was like the best Zimmer gets. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man, like, <laughs> I, I'm not doing. I'm not going into his press conferences in the future unless I really have an important question to ask him. Yep. Good show, Sage. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. We'll talk about Baltimore. The Vikings have Baltimore and Cleveland coming before the bye. Feels like a six and two start is definitely attainable, and uh, we'll talk about those possibilities on Wednesday. Sounds good. All right, he's Sage at Sage Rosenfels18. I'm on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom. Locked on Vikings, Locked on Podcast Network. Hmm. 
What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners. This is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.